The Freebuy Super Series is back. From August 28th to September 6th, America's Card Room will host the Freebuy Super Series 2, where you can compete for your share of $150,000 guaranteed prize pool absolutely free. Every one of the 57 events in the Freebuy Super Series is free to enter with guaranteed prize pools starting at $500 and spiral all the way up to the $20,000 main event. Where else can you win a share of $150,000 prize pools without spending a penny? Visit americascardroom.com today. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 53 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by americascardroom.com. If you want to get 27% rate back, simply sign up for your americascardroom.com account by clicking on any one of the advertisements on the OneOuter.com homepage. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on OneOuter.com website for free and also available from iTunes for free. Just search for the OneOuter.com podcast. Alex Fitzgerald from Costa Rica, how are you today? Good, man. I'm uh, I'm here. I uh, I just rolled out of bed. I uh, I don't know what happened. I slept last night, I think, like eight hours, but I feel like I slept like two. You ever have that? Like, just, you feel, yeah. feel goofy? Like, I, I mean, I'm fine. I'm going to do this show real well. Don't worry about that. But it's, uh, I've also done this sleep for two hours and felt like I've slept for ten as well. Yeah, I did that. Uh, I, I, I started, that happened to me when I was commercial fishing, like, because you never... Like, this is something I didn't know before I went up there, but, like, you don't sleep more than, like, four hours at a time. You're literally, like, people think I'm joking or using hyperbole when I say we worked, like, 20 hours at a time. And it was, like, of course there's little breaks in that time because, like, you have to wait for, like, the nets to go out and fill with fish and stuff. But it's not like you can, like, take a nap in, like, all your, like, fishing gear and, you know, get get all the flakes of fish all over your uh, bunk. So it's like you're literally working like 20 hour shifts and then but like at some point my body just it learns to like go into deep REM sleep at some point. So it was like you'd see four hours and wake up and be like, ah, all right, you know, I'm good. And then, yeah, you see sometimes you sleep 10 hours and it's like a truck hits you. You didn't sleep at all. Yeah, I always find it's if I get up really early with not much sleep and then I come home and maybe try and, you know, get an hour or a bit. It's just brutal when you wake up, like, oh, sore head. Yeah, so, yeah. I think they tell you the most you should do for, like, a nap is, like, 20 minutes 20 or minutes, something, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, anything yeah. more than that as you start, like, you know, it's bad. I, I remember, like, when I was playing, like, the big games at one point. I think it was back when I was still in Seattle, back when they still had a bit of a scene. Like, it was such a big deal to go to these tournaments. I remember, like... The kid, like, I, who would, like, drive me to the tournaments and, like, play with me, like, he'd have to, like, come into my house and, like, wake me up because I was always passed out because I'd be up all night, like, playing cards, right? And then, like, you know, I'd have to, you know, my mom would be like, oh, hey, what's up, Chris? Like, you know, <laughs> like, go, yeah, go wake up Alex, right? And then I remember thinking how funny that was, like, back in the day. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we're trying to now put our listeners to sleep by talking about sleep. Or keep them awake by talking yeah, about yeah. sleep. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope you're not listening to this before you go to bed because you're probably <laughs> drifting off right now. But, uh, hey, yeah, yeah. 
so what's what's happening? Uh, you touched on the last show about your WPT trip that is in August, I believe, this month. So what what's your plans for that? What's happening? What event is it, etc.? Oh, yeah, uh, it's going to be, I think it's called the WPT Seminal Hard Rock Poker Open. Uh, uh, don't quote me on that. I'm really good at getting the names of events wrong. I kind of look at the guarantee, and I make sure I actually got the city right, then I book the tickets, and that's about as far as I go. Uh, believe it or not, I have booked to, like, I haven't booked to the wrong city, but, like, I've, you know, at some point I've realized, like, oh, man, I almost booked to the wrong city. So, uh, like, yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be a good time. It's like a $5,000 buy, and I think it's like 5 mil guaranteed, which is pretty surprising to me because I don't think it's a re-entry, which means, like, I mean, that's a pretty huge field. And then the yeah. day, day after that, it's like a 2.6K uh, for, like, and I think that's like a million-dollar guaranteed. So, like, God forbid I do crash out of the $5,000 tournament. Uh, I do have another event. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. Fort Lauderdale is only, like, the direct flight from Costa Rica is like $200. So it's mm. pretty, yeah. I mean, it's cheaper for me to fly to Florida than it is for me to fly to Panama, which is like right next to Costa yeah. Rica. So that's pretty, uh, that's always been pretty wild to me. I guess there's like a tax situation when it comes to Panama. But yeah, it, it's cool because I can just get the direct flight, you know, with like hotwire.com. It's like this site where it's like you can enter the general area you're going to be in and then they'll give you like deals on the hotels that they can't really advertise. So sometimes there's like a four-star, not a four-star hotel, but like a three-star, three-and-a-half-star hotel, four-star sometimes. And it like advertises like $240, $250. But if you buy it through this site where they give you the unadvertised rights, it's like 70 bucks, And then... Mm -hmm. You know, I get there. I mean, you know, it costs like two hundred dollars to get there. It's like seventy dollars a night. I know how to eat eat cheap in the United States, and I, you know, I book my return ticket whenever I bust. So I'm in and out in a couple of days if it doesn't work out. If it does work out, I'm there for a little while. And yeah, it should be fun. You know, I really like the Fort Lauderdale area. I didn't know it was such a nice city. It's like. I was almost mad when I was in it because, like, I, there was, like, a park, and it was just, like, immaculate, right? Like, just beautiful, like, just, like, perfect lawns and, like, a be beautiful, like, view on the water. And uh, there was, like, this little cubby hole. Uh, there, there was just this little thing where you could, like, borrow books. And I was thinking, like, if this were Seattle, we would have knocked this down, like, in the first three hours it was up <laughs> and would have stolen all the books and, like, sold them at some used bookstore. But, like, somehow in Fort Lauderdale, they just, you know, that never happens. And they got, like, it's the, it, it has, like, a canal system. So it's, like, yeah, it's, like, you'll be looking at, you know, it'll be, like, a total leave-it-to-beaver suburban house. And guys, like, walking out onto his lawn to get his newspaper next to the Subaru, there just happens to be water in front of him instead of, like, a, instead of a, yeah street now obviously they can take that Subaru around somewhere there's a road somewhere but it's like it's pretty cool it's called it's called the Venice of the United States is what a lot of people call it so it's a it's definitely it does <laughs> not in the Venetian no 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 different different yeah <laughs> if I can't get the Venetian in Las Vegas I'll get a city that looks like Venice in Fort Lauderdale but yeah it's a it's pretty nice and I'm just I don't know I'm pretty happy about just uh, I'm, I'm going to a lot more events. I got a lot more going on these days. 
And that's a, you know, that's pretty nice. It's like, you realize. Get out of the house. Yeah, yeah get, out of, get out of the house. That's cool. But I, I mean, just like having different things to do like every day. Like I was talking about in the last episode, like changing up my schedule. And it's like, I mean, like just being able to like study Spanish and then like write and then like read books and then like travel and then also play a lot of poker because I find like yesterday I was playing cash. I had a really good cash session last night. And, like, I realized I was really enjoying poker, like, a lot more just because I have so much more going on in my life. And, mm. like, uh, I, I sat down for, like, I think it was about 30 minutes, and I went over all the players at, like, 2-4. Uh, America. I pro- I don't know. Well, I guess I, guess I can say this. I, I'm not saying the specific reads, but I went over all the regs that play, like, 2-4 and above at America's Card Room, and I just went through their statistics, like, really slowly. And I looked like, oh, okay, this is what this guy does really, really poorly, right? And obviously, there's a couple guys that, like, like leather ass, like, I have no problem saying, like, doesn't have a problem, uh, doesn't have a, uh, just doesn't have leaks. Uh, This was the guy who was, like, the first supernova elite. Yeah, I've interviewed him for Oh, you did? I didn't know you interviewed him. Yeah, you should go back, listen. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely check it (laughs) out. Because it was... It was one of, I think it was maybe the third, no, maybe not the third, maybe the fourth or fifth one. Yeah, I, I definitely interviewed him. I didn't know he played on America's Card Room, but yeah, I, I definitely interviewed him. That's the yeah. Schmidt, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was probably back when he was playing on Stars. But yeah, like a guy like him, he doesn't, he just doesn't have flaws. Like, not, not really. Like, I mean, there's little things I could be like, oh, if I pay attention to this, it might help me, but it probably won't. <laughs> But, like, there's a few guys who's like, ooh, <laughs> check out what this guy does wrong. Like, this is really, this is really bad, right? <laughs> so I was like, you know, I, I was playing, like, heads up 2-4, and I was playing, like, 6-max 2-4, and it was just like, you know, like, I was obviously running good, but, like, also stacking buy-ins. It's just like, it's a good feeling. And then it's like, when you're off work, I'm really great. I really have, like, an appreciation for poker because it was like, the other day I came up, I've had, like, okay, I've, like, three times in my life I've, like, tried to file for a patent, and then I found out, like, my invention has been, like, taken by someone who is doing nothing with it, and I was really pissed off, (laughs) but, like, I, for the fourth time, I came up with an idea, right, and I was like, ooh, and I I don't even care if I make money at it, I just want to have a patent and try to sell something because it seems like, yeah. it seems like it'd be fun, right? Like I, I I don't know if that's screwed up. I think that kind of stuff. No, but like on a tangent, like Michael Jackson supposedly had like so many patents, like hundreds really? of patents. Really, I didn't know stuff. that. <laughs> yeah, like when he died, it all came to light. Like the the Moonwalker technology for the shoes, no one they like they lean over. <laughs> and like they lean right over. That was actually like patented, whatever the technology was for that, and like other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I get it. that's really cool. I didn't know that. I mean, you know, for uh, as far as cool things child molesters can accomplish, I think that's one of them. But uh, he, he was uh, found not guilty. Is what? Wait, what? He, he was never charged with it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that's one of those. Uh, they probably he probably paid off the kid. Man, I. <laughs> Yeah, technically, OG was never... Yeah, yeah, there was one of the, like, deadliest lines I ever heard. There's a rapper, I think he's, like, the most underrated. His name's Reef the Lost Cause, and he was, like, he ended one of his verses, like, 
Hey, he was like, I got, I'll say whatever I have to to get my, get my ass to sell. Like Michael Jackson, probably effing little kids in hell. And it was just like, whoa, <laughs> like God, <laughs> like that is horrible. <laughs> like in the, I don't know. I, I like, he he's a, you know, he's a rapper, but he just like makes fun of all the like rap stuff. It's like Biggie and Pac, man, who really shot them, man? I don't give an f. I ain't no rapper. And it was like, oh, man, like, you never hear that, right? It's all like, we're looking for Big and Tupac's killers, man. But, all right, getting back on, getting back on, uh, getting back on the topic. Uh, it, yeah, your patents. No, it was like, I, I had an idea. I was like, this is one of those ideas that's if it hasn't happened already, it's going to happen eventually. It has nothing to do with, like, me being intelligent. And I was just like, and, and I was like, you know, it's just one of those, like, oh, duh, someone should do that, right? And I was like, well, those are always, like, the best inventions, right? You know, stuff that's – so I was like, oh, cool. You know, today I'll, like – you know, like, to, it, like yesterday and today I had a significant time to, like, read how to, like, do all that. And I was thinking, like, you know, if I had another job, I'd probably be, like, you know, eight, ten hours, like, just working, tired as hell, get home not really have time to do anything. You, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, yeah, I mean, not even have time, but like, you know, when you're working for somebody else, like, and I, I don't know what it is with people, but people are like so mean to each other in the office place. It's so weird. Like I, I worked at an office, like when I was a security guard and like this stuff, I mean, I, I don't know. It was a really good experience because I was like, this is, I never want to be these people. Like they were all like, you know, they were all nice people and they were all making like eighty, a hundred thousand dollars a year at this like insurance company uh headquarters, but like you know, they just lived in their office. Like they never saw their husbands or wives, they never had lives outside of it. And like if the boss is having a bad day, like your day is just gonna be hell. And I was like, gee you know, and it's like to be fair, these people did everything right, you know what I mean? I'm sure they studied, I'm sure they uh I'm sure they got they got good practical degrees. They're making a good amount of money. I'm sure they pay their taxes. I'm sure they love their kids. And they're just, like, afforded nothing, you know? Like, they just don't have anything going for them. They just, uh, they're just, like, slaves to this, like, workload. And, I, I mean, this could just be an American thing, too, because, like, in America, I don't know, like, uh, it's, like, expected you don't just work 9 to 5. You have to work a little after. And then mm -hmm. uh, there's some new thing where it's, like, we officially now work more than the Japanese, which is, like, pfft, like, wow. Like, that's... Uh, you know, and like you're you're supposed to almost always come in on Saturday. Like I go into work on Saturday, and I was like, oh, these people are supposed to have the day off, and it was like, you know, 60% of them were still there. You know, so it's not like they have Saturday off or anything like that. And it was like, yeah, so like just lately, I've been really like appreciating poker and like just being able to, and just like do goofy stuff, like just go out there and it's like, or you know, like uh, just to have money to like do things. Like uh, my wife is, uh, she's been. She's almost done, like, uh, I don't know if she'd want me talking about this because she's kind of, <laughs> like, uh, you know, she she's a little shy about it. But, like, her and, uh, uh, like, these musicians have put together, like, I don't know if it'd be, like, hard rock or metal. It's somewhere in the middle, like, this album. And it sounds, like, really sick, right? And it's, like, you know, like, I have the time to, like, look at, you know, like, I'm trying to learn. Like, you know, I, I try to go into their, like, little studio and like, you know, mm -hmm. hey, man, teach me, like, how do you make this sound? And like, how do you make that sound? Right. And of course, I don't know anything like now, but it's like, you know, I have the time to like go in and listen to everything and like see yeah. how they do it. And then like, you know, it, it, I have the money to like invest, like when you're like building up the studio 
and stuff like that. And it's like, it's like, where do you get to do this stuff? You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like when I was a kid and they were like, this is the American dream. It's like, man, this is it, man. Like you get to do what you want. You know what I mean? I, th- I think the key, what you say, like from all that is just like balance. Yeah. Between yeah. Poker and, like, it's, I think poker attracts a lot of people with similar personalities, a bit obsessive and, you can just find yourself just grinding and playing poker and doing nothing else. And, right. and especially if you're running bad or you're, you're on a downswing, you sometimes throw yourself into it more and sort of like isolate yourself yeah, and that's become a really more point. insular uh, rather than just going, right, the thought of going out with friends and trying to enjoy yourself when you're in like a big downswing, you're like, oh, I'd rather be home yeah. playing through this or trying to get volume in. And I think it's a lot healthier to just try and get some sort of balance. And we touched on it last show about, you know, like, pe- I don't, can't remember if it was before the show or not, but, like, when people say we're over poker or, yeah, or something like that, show, like, yeah. Yeah, before the show, like, we're not over poker. It's just, like, poker has its place. And yeah, yeah, its place exactly. In life. Whether you're a professional or just a recreational player, it should always have its place. And, yeah, like, yeah. It, it can consume you sort of thing if you let it. I think, like anything. Yeah, like. yeah. I mean, I guess that's why... I always, I, it, mostly because I like to infuriate other poker players. I, I always say my favorite place to play live in Vegas is the Venetian, which is my favorite place to play. But it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, how are you going to give that guy money? And it's like, yeah, I know. You know. I like the, I, I love the Venetian. The, the best tournaments I played were in the Venetian. But too. I like, I like the Bellagio uh, Oblige- for cash games. Bel- yeah. Bellagio I- pisses me off with the chips. Like I, I don't know. Like it, the, it, I've only played there a few times, but like I've had the chips either be so sticky, I like misclick bet one time, and like right. one time I had the. Then they updated the chips, and the chips were so slippery, I knocked them down like thirty times. But it was. I love the Bellagio too. It's really, it's really sick. But no, like the Venetian, it was like, uh, oh man, I totally. But like the Venetian, it's like it's a bunch of like. I, 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 it's a bunch of like professionals from other fields and they understand like poker has its place. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the dentist and you know, it's the, it, 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 it's the postman or whatever. Right. And you know, yeah. they're all excited to be there, but at the same time, most of them have the money to kind of like waste on it. By the way, I didn't know so many like people who work at UPS make some serious bank according to these poker tournaments. Right. And then, uh, yeah, and it was like, you know, they when they bust, of course they're pissed off, but you don't see like the like at the Rio there's like tirades and there's like cussing each other out and it's like, you know, and you you feel like you're playing like in a warehouse and they never can get the AC right and it's like, you know, you either like sub-zero temperatures or you're uh uh you're like dying from the heat. That was my, when I won my like 215 whatever they have there the 235 deep stacks. I think they turned off the air conditioning at like three in the morning, and it was like so we're just like both there's just like sweat running down our faces as we're playing heads up for 32,000 or something like that, and then there's one guy like vacuuming, and like so all you can hear is a vacuum and you're trying to think, and like there's sweat going down your face, but like yeah it was a you know, I, yeah, yeah, it's balance. It's, uh, it, it, I think it's also just being curious about other things. If you just, like, I find when I come back to poker, I always have, like, a different perspective uh, if I'm actually doing other things with my life. And 
a lot of like coaching has really helped as well because you meet different people and you hear how different people think. And uh, if you're just kind of in your own little bubble, like even like, I, I mean like Jungle Man, you wouldn't think is like a super social guy, but that guy like keeps up with like the forums and other stuff yeah. way more than most other people. So he knows how other people are thinking about poker. And I think that helps him quite a bit. And, you know, I just get this cross session of like a thousand people from like, I think it's something like I lost count, but I think we've had like 60 different countries or something like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. and like buy poker coaching. And it's like, you get the idea, like not, you know, how they think about life, how they, I had my first student from Kazakhstan yesterday. Right. And I was like, you know, and it was just interesting to hear like how they think about poker, how they came into poker and stuff like that. And, uh, it, it really, it really helps like just getting to like know everybody and to bring all this new knowledge into your, uh, into your chosen format more often. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see if that uh, WPT gets a thousand, a thousand runners it'll need for the guarantee. Then, yeah, I guess I, that should be pretty. With easy. no re-entries. Yeah, yeah, that should be pretty easy in Florida though. Florida's got a pretty, pretty awesome scene. Flor- Florida's like, Florida's like America's wild card. If you've ever, if you ever get a chance to go out there, bar- like if you're running away from the law, you either go to Florida or Alaska. And it's like, yeah, it's just, but they, everybody seems to have a couple nickels to rub together when it comes to poker. So yeah, that should be fun. Nice. Yeah. I've been in the States a few times, but I've never been to Florida. Oh, it's a, uh, it's a good time. Been. Go to me. You have to go to Miami. I was going to, I was going to say it like a Latino yeah. without yeah. realizing <laughs> I was like that guy at Taco Bell. Like, can I get a burrito? <laughs> like, uh, but, uh, Hola, burrito. <laughs> Uh, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Do you have Do you have Taco Bell in Scotland? No, we don't. We don't, and that's <laughs> another thing I've never had when I went to the states. Taco Bell. Well, it's not. I don't that if there was one in Vegas or not. I think I looked for it, but there wasn't really any to find close in Vegas, like on the strip or anything. Yeah, it's not really big in Vegas. My buddy, my buddy, like called me the other day. He was like, "Dude, I know what I'm gonna do." I was like, "What you doing, homie?" He's like, "I'm gonna open up the first Taco Bell in Britain." And I was like, all right, like, sit, tell me how that works. And he couldn't get it open for some reason. So I guess there's some, like, uh, franchise. Guess, yeah, 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 I guess Taco Bell doesn't want a franchise there. Okay, sorry, off topic. I was just curious if they had that in Scotland. And then I, I was going to make so many jokes if you guys had Taco Bell in Scotland and not in uh, – uh, Brit- Britain proper, but anyway. no, we don't have it, and it's one I've never tried. Like the fast food stuff, um, I've never tried it. You know, so uh, good, yeah, good so. we eat some pretty, like in the states. Like, have you ever been to Popeyes? No, no, no. Popeyes is like the greasiest, worst chicken you'll ever eat in your life, and like, I, I, I love it. Like, it's like one of my favorite things. It's like it, it's, it's. My brother was telling me he's getting married next year in Vegas, and it. Um, I think he's staying near the Excal. No, he's in the Excalibur, and he said oh there's a God. Popeyes chicken in there or something. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> and he was like ahead. looking forward to that. Yeah. Go ahead and eat it. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's uh, but like, I don't know. It used to be like when you know me and my homies 
uh, like when we were high, like that's all we would eat, you know what I mean? And then like you get older and you're like sober and you're like chill and it's like, all right, let's go get some Popeyes. And you'd be like, man, what, how are we eating this? You know what I mean? But like, I guess when you're in, inebriated in that fashion, the fa- the fats really pop, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. I'll let you go. All right. Next question. The first question. <laughs> first question. Yeah. Let's get into the question. <laughs> Because uh, I'm expecting a call from a mechanic as well, and they call it like whatever time. I need to get my yeah, car picked up, hopefully today. Um, all right, let's go. First question is, actually, I'll give you the first one that I had to go into my phone for, because that'll save me going back into it. So here we go. It is from Philip, and it's got, um, how much uh, should I pay myself and withdraw when playing poker for a living? I'm looking at building a bankroll, but also taking some money off the table for my own expenses. Um, any any thoughts on this? Uh, I typically, the way I always did it, I, I don't like consider myself like when I came into poker like that smart. And sorry guys, I'm having a bit of a problem with my throat today because I've been I've been coaching a lot more than normal. <coughs> sorry, I'm I'm trying to cough outside the microphone. Sometimes it just keeps on. Uh, uh, the way I always did it in like, I really recommend the way I did it because when I came into poker, like there was no chance I was like good enough to like go pro. But since I had such like good financial planning, uh, I, I did survive. Uh, the way I did it is I had like six months of expenses on the side and I was allowed to let that go to like three months expenses, but it always had to be higher than three months expenses. And then once it started dipping below three months expenses, if things were really going south, then I had to make a judgment call if I really, you know, it, I could go like one month on and then I had like one month to find a job and I'd have the money for it. So essentially what I do is like I'd, I'd come up with a, you know, I come up with a budget like this is how much I need for my electricity, my rent, my health insurance. I, you should get a health insurance if you don't have it, if you can. Uh, it, it's pretty affordable in most countries now. Uh, uh, but like, uh, you know, you should get like, like, you know, you put down like every bill you could possibly have, right? Every bill you need to like actually be like a professional, not just like, you know, don't put on that budget, like, you know, uh, Captain Crunch, uh, you know, like, uh, my, my subscription to browsers, you know, stuff (laughs) like, you know, like be an actual adult, you know what I mean? Like put, uh you know, like you rent and all that stuff, put it all together and then give yourself like a healthy, like miscellaneous uh, portion. Like just like mine's like $500. I always put $500 in there and that's just for like random whatever. Uh, and like, I don't even use that every month. Like I, I, I don't even use it. Actually, I don't even like, usually I just put it back in the bank account, but the, like I just put that like in case something comes up. Or like, you know, we got to buy something for the house or something like that. And you put that miscellaneous in. You make it ample, but not like stupid. And uh, yeah, you put six months of those expenses and you just withdraw every month on the first. Uh, you can do first and 15th if you like. You withdraw a month's expenses and that's what you got for the month. And uh, every time you make a little money at poker, you reload that. And like, even though six months is what you should start with, like your goal is like, there's a reason like Chinese are taking over the world. It's because they save 
of the money they make. Whereas, like, I think in America, it's like we save negative 20%. Like, we all go into credit card debt. And, uh, like, but I, and I said that jokingly, but, like, you can't go to a country without seeing, like, Chinese flourishing. Like, wh- whether it's, like, a hyper-capitalistic society, a socialized society, whatever. Like, they always find a way to make their businesses work. That's because they save, save, save. And when something comes up that would have wiped out the competition, they're prepared for it. And it's, uh, I, I mean, this is, I, I was, you know, I was taught that by, like, Chinese gentlemen. And it, like, it really saved my butt, like, a few times. Like, so it, I always say, like, in every month, like, you want to take, like, your profit, right? You take your profit and you're not withdrawing anything from that. That goes back into your poker bankroll. But you try to, like, you try to replenish that six months of expenses, right? So hopefully you can put in at least, like, a month's expenses. If it's a bad month, whatever, you got a couple months to, like, figure it out. And then maybe you can put it back in. And then uh, I always, uh, <clears throat> uh, always, like, every month, like, I save. You know, you save, like, 10 or 20%, like, right off the top. You should, uh, you know, you, you should put it into some account you can't touch. Uh, I, you know, this goes into your like six months, right? Uh, that you put on the side, or you can have a separate account if you want to be like really aggressive about it. Now, people go like, "How's that aggressive? Like saving money? Like, trust me, it's aggressive. Like, like what I do essentially every month is I, I'm like I'm pretty frugal when it comes to like a lot of different things, right? Like I really fought so that my mortgage payment, my mortgage payment is like cheaper than any rent I've ever paid around the earth. And like, there's just a lot of expenses like I keep down, right? And I mean, I, I kind of need to do this because I got I, I have like a full time, I have like two, I, I guess two full time employees, one in Costa Rica, one in the States. So I got to afford that. But essentially, I keep my costs down as much as possible. And then like whatever's extra, I try to save that and save that. And I take it off the table because like if you have all this money like in your poker accounts and whatever, you can kind of get lazy and like, it, it, well, you can get lazy like I did right before Black Friday and have six figures in your full tilt account and then not see it for three years. And then by the time you see it, the United States slaps some fees on you, which is, uh, you know, always kosher. But uh, you uh, you keep the you know, it's good to like take money off the table, put it in a savings and then go, go out there and fight for it again another month. I think that's real aggressive. And I think that's how, I think that's how you build real wealth and you get the money to do the things you want to do in life. So yeah, you know, good luck to you. And slowly as well. It's not (coughs) easy, isn't it? Everybody's different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like you, you put like, like you put like ten thousand dollars in account, right, Barry? Like, how good do you feel like just knowing that's there in case anything? Yeah, that's it. It's like it's sort of like security, comfort. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. God forbid if something ever happened with your lungs or something, you had to run to a private clinic. You got it covered, right? Like we had, we had like a medical emergency come up, like in my uh, family, like I think like last year or something like that. And like if I hadn't had my savings, like. Well, we would have had to wait for like the community clinic and all this stuff, and instead it was just like, yeah, no, get them, get them into the private one. You know, we got it. Like we can figure it out. And like that was a that was a big deal. It turned out to be, and it's a you know, it, it's not like rocket science. It's just you know, take the money off the table. It's just like it's funny because like people like who like there's a reason 
uh, poker sites make you like sit out of the table for 30 minutes before you can buy in with your original buy-in. It's because they don't like it when people like win a buy-in and then they like just take it off the table because they know that's a good strategy, right? But then like when it comes to like, I mean, it's not like a nice strategy. I like, I hate it when people rat hole me, but like, uh, a lot of people at the poker table have, a. Uh, hey, Jesus. <coughs> a, a lot of, er, <coughs> a lot of people at the poker table, like they'll like you know they'll take money off the table if they can. They don't want to like they just want to pocket the profit, and then like when they cut when it comes to off the table, they have none of that discipline. They're just like ride, you know, like let it ride, let's go, and it's a uh, you know. Uh, but, like, keep it, you know, live, I mean, I guess, like, the most important thing I could tell to you is, like, live below your means. Like, I had an obscene amount of money, like, when I was, like, 21 years old. And I thought I could never be broke. And, I mean, like, I was ready to spend it. Like, what did, what did I care about five, six K a month, right, of expenses? Like, I had, I had, you know, like, it was, like, 300, 400 K, whatever, right? And like, and then there was more coming in all the time, right? That's back when, like, if you won first in Poker Stars, it wasn't like twenty-two thousand dollars; it was like two hundred k. And like, you would, you know, I was getting deep like every Sunday, so it was like all this money's coming in, and it was like, yo, man, let's get, you know, let's personal cooks, trainers, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, like uh, butlers, stuff like that, like private beach ultra casa huge house right and like you know let's go out it's like <clears throat> you know i met my wife and it was like everybody takes a bus like for six hours uh to it, everybody takes a bus for like six hours to get from like san jose proper to uh guanacaste i was like no uh man i'm taking like this little jet you know <laughs> i'm gonna be there in 30 minutes watch me right and then like you know, and I'm kind of glad I got that out of my system, but like, whoo boy, like you, you think, you think you got it all handled and then you like look back and see how much money you spewed. And it's like, like, man, it was like, I could literally own three homes in this country if I had that money back, you know, probably more than that, you know, like probably in like, maybe not even in just this country. I probably could own a home in Bulgaria. I could probably own like a home in like somewhere in Asia. I could own a home here. And probably the way real estate prices were back in 2009, I probably could have owned a home in the States. And then I probably would have still had bread left over to like, you know, pay all the property taxes and everything. But instead I just had to ball, you know? And it was like, it was so stupid. Like it was just, you know, it's, it's cool. Like, you know, I did that at some point, but, you know, once you go back to the poorhouse because of your own stupid financial decisions, you go, oh, okay. Like, I guess there's a reason all these old people tell you to save. It's, uh, yeah. you know, they, they've they been here before. That's uh, true. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, uh, we hope that helps you out, Philip. Uh, the next question is from Pete. Hi, Alex. Can you discuss calling light on both flop, turn, and river? What should I be thinking about in these situations? Thanks. Uh, when you're calling light, it's funny the terminology you're using because I, I, I don't really think of it like, okay, I'm calling light. But I, I guess like floating, I guess like uh, it, the way I think of it is like if you're floating, flop, 
I guess if you're floating turn and then if you're hero calling river, what do you think about? Uh, we talked a bit about floating in the last show, so I'm not going to go. You, you can go check that out if you really want to get into it. Uh, the big things I look at are people that don't double barrel enough on the turn, and if I can't really represent anything if I raise the board. Like if the board's like king of diamonds, two of diamonds, six of hearts, this is a bit of an easier board to uh, represent. Because I uh, e eventually, especially if I'm playing cash, I will train people to know that I raise there with like king queen and king jack for value. And then the nut flush draws in the sets, which means like my value combinations are pretty plentiful. Uh, and then at the same time, like they're bricking that board like 60% of the time. So when I raise with like backdoor draws and stuff like that, uh, most of the time they're going to be folding. And even if they call like 20 plus percent of the time, I can fire turn uh, and hopefully river if I hit. Um, but if the board's like, let's say like 10 of hearts, four of clubs, four of spades, and you have like king jack uh, of spades, it's like, yeah, you have backdoor flush draws, you have backdoor straight draws, you know, you have some equity like that that might make you want to call light on the flop. But at the same time, uh, if you raise that board, you're really representing a four, a really nothing. A lot of people don't fast play a 10 on that board. So, like, you want to call there when the guy doesn't barrel the turn that much. You want to barrel with a – I mean, you want to call with your backdoor draws. And uh, on the turn, a lot of times I'll call – a lot of times for the same reason. Like, the guy just never fires the river. There's a lot of times I'll have, like, a weak second pair – and, like, the guy fires the turn, and he nev he f always fires the river. So i got to make a decision right then for turn and river. I can't really call one because that just maximizes my losses. It's really, like, full turn. Uh, it, full turn or call twice. Uh, I, I see people routinely mess that up. Or I see a lot of people, like, the, guy, the guy's, like, double barrel is, like, 68%, which is, like, really high, right? And, like, because you only have a hand there about 30% of the time, which means, like, four times out of seven there, uh, homeboy doesn't have it. And then, like, his river barrel is, like, 24%. This makes perfect sense. You have a hand good enough to, like, triple barrel about a quarter of the time. Actually, probably a little less, like, probably less than a fifth of the time. But, like, he, there's not many bluffs in this range, right? And then they'll, like, just call the river because it's like, I'm not calling the turn without calling the river, man. I had to make a decision for two streets, and it's like they're kind of quoting people like me, but they don't get – they clearly don't get what the hell I was saying, and, like, that that's a really bad play. Like, that that is another way of maximizing your losses. Uh, when you're hero calling the river, uh, I find uh, – this is honestly the part of my game I really struggle the most with. I, I seem to – I, 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 I'm really working really hard to like hero, like when I call rivers to like get better at it. And like, uh, there's stuff like no caddy will show you like what the guys had when he bets different percentage sizes on the river. That's incredible. Cause there, there are some people, there's some players that are like really good. Like uh, there's players that are really good and have made a lot of money, but like their value bets on the river are always like 35, 55%. And, like, their bluffs are always, like, 75% or more. So they're pretty easy to pick off. And, like, you know, no caddy will give you a cool little graph showing you all those things. Uh, the Assassin on a HUD, we use no caddy, and, it like, we've found a way to, like, put everything together. And it's, like, it's really – I'm gassed up on that HUD. I love that HUD. You can check it out at assassinonahud.com. And it's, like, uh, it, it's uh, – 
like I, 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 one of the things that helped me the most is like before I hero call, I always go like, what hands am I beating right now? Like name the hands I beat, right? And even better is like how many combinations of that are there versus what beats me, right? So like there's a lot of times people go, well, it's like, well, flush draw, you, you, you beat a bluff flush draw. So it's like, well, um, how many flush draws are there? Let's assume he fires every single one of them. He doesn't, you know, like 20% of the time give up, which would be hyper-realistic, right? That would, be, that would still be a conservative estimate. But let's say he fires every single one. The problem with flush draws is, like, there's only one of each combination because you can only cover one suit, logically. So, like, if they're, you know... If it's a 9-7 suited, there's only one of them. Then it's like, okay, there's one 9-7 suited. There's one 9-8 suited. There's one. Would he have done that with, like, uh, uh, you know, would he have three-bet, like, the good ace suited? Then those aren't in his range. And you end up, it's like, oh, it's seven combos versus how many pair combos does he have? Uh, 30, 40-something. So it's like, okay, you put seven over 40. It's like, ah, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not right that often here, right? Especially if I'm calling, like, a decent bet, and like this is the thing a lot of people don't get about poker. He could be firing those flush draws every single time. That doesn't mean you can call if he's also like value betting. People really like to focus on one part of the equation here, and it's it's really bizarre because like if you really think about all the combos the guy could have, people always go to me like, is poker you know is poker solved? Like or like is there really any way to make mm. poker? And it's like well of course because everybody still calls rivers like way more than they should right and if they don't call rivers the other thing is like good regs fold too many rivers that's like that's the other thing you'll find like if you're playing against like good regs uh they'll like call twice with like top pair and then like you'll triple barrel and they'll like fold you know like bottom two pair which means like they're folding 60 when you consider like they're calling like second pair and sometimes third pair on the turn they're not calling with, like, their baby two pairs on the river, that means they're folding, like, 60% of the time on the river, which means they've just created a massively bountiful triple barrel spot. Uh, but uh, essentially just list off the hands you beat. If it's, reduced to, if it's reduced to absolute bluffs, look at the guy's river aggression frequency. If it's not, like, 30% is, like, a pretty aggressive player, uh, like 40% or higher is just like bizarre. Like guy just always fires. Uh, it's really helpful if you have no caddy and some kind of HUD that organizes it, that uh, if that will tell you like what uh, hands he likes to do that with. If his aggression frequency on the river is like 20% or lower, that's usually like, that's about how often you have a hand on the river. So typically this guy has it when he bets like you shouldn't like and it's it was funny like I was in a I was in a I, I was in a hand history discussion I'm not going to name names but like I, I don't know I was it was for this one like back in stable in this stable they were going off about like how this guy was just like he was like the sickest uh to I mean he was just God's gift to poker right and I'm a big believer in people run good or they don't uh like in short sample sizes and this kid just had too short of a sample size to really be able to establish anything. So like they were talking about how good he was on his river calls. Right. So we were looking at some random hands and they weren't telling us the results. I was like, I'll tell you what, I'll use the river aggression frequency. And, uh, 
they they thought it was me, right? But I explained at the end that like I was outperforming them, right? Like I was just right on. I ran good too, but it was like eight out of like eleven of the should you call the river, should you not? I was right on. And like you know, they were like, "Wow, man! Like you know, he's way better than this kid." I was like, "No, guys, I'm looking at the river aggression frequency. If this guy fires the river seven times out of ten, he's just not going to have a hand fifty, sixty percent of the time, right?" And it's like, actually, I should be wrong more often than I'm not, because like we're calling like sometimes they bet like two thirds of the pot, and it's actually a pretty big bet. But like that just means you have to be right. Uh, you know, his bet needs to work forty percent of the time, but you need to. Uh, you know, let's see, he's betting two units to win three. Uh, or if he's betting two-thirds of the body, he's betting two units to win three, so that's five units. So you've got to call two units over seven. So it's like you don't even, like, that's less than, it's like you have to be right 30% of the time, less than 30%. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, I can't remember the numbers, like, off the top of my head. I usually have hold a manager to do it for me. So I actually should be wrong a lot of the time. I should be wrong a majority of the time. I'll still be making a profit. If I'm right there, like, 40% of the time, I'm still making a profit, right? And this is why a lot of guys who are, like, so-called naturals, like, fade away is because eventually everybody hypes them up about how sick they are. They want to don't... They 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 want to not do anything that'll make them look stupid in poker. A lot of poker is like calling when you know you don't have the best hand, like sixty, seventy percent of the time, and it's still like a good call, and uh, you do have to do it, and that's like really hard for a lot of people. So yeah, uh, I gave you all this stuff I'm working on. The other thing is uh, timing tells, which uh, I think Poker Service is making us remove from no caddy, but like uh, I, I, there's a lot of guys that. Uh, I don't know if I want to – there's a lot of guys that, like, they'll take two seconds off their time bank, then they do their bet whenever they have it. And then, like, when they actually have a real decision, like, they do it in a few seconds or they, like, take 20 seconds on their time bank. And it's uh, – they're measured when they know what they're going to do and they're not measured when they don't. Those are really easy to pick off, so be able to – be sure to look for that. Cool. Well, we hope that helps you out. Also – Alex answered the question on hero calling a few episodes ago. You might want to check that out as well for like your river calls when he was calling right. He went right into it in in that show. Um, Okay, next question is from Jason. I feel like I play almost randomly in some spots. For example, when deciding to bluff, peel a card and reevaluate slash try to steal a pot away. I remember reading that randomizing stuff was good for my game, but when I review some of my hands, some of it looks like I'm winging it at the moment. Uh, any ideas on how I can become a little bit more methodical and focused? Well, I mean, I don't... Like, in cash games, it's really important to, like, you know, 30% of the time you're going to do this, 70% of the time you're going to do that. But if you're playing with a constantly changing player pool, that's not going to really figure you out unless they're really, like, harvesting hands in an illegal fashion. Uh, it, I would really recommend that you uh, not really seek to randomize uh, because a lot of times, especially, like, if the randomizer is yourself, you're going to find that you're not really randomizing in a very pure random <laughs> fashion. It's yeah. kind of like, well, I'm tilted, so I feel like calling now. Or I got a <laughs> lot of chips, and I don't want to lose them, so I think the randomizer says fold now. And uh, you really want to pay attention to, like, you know, 
the things I just brought up in like earlier questions, like, okay, if I call, how many backdoor draws could I possibly hit? Does he give up on turns? Does he give up on rivers? What can I do with that? Maybe, maybe you want to bluff him on the turn because he always fires a turn. Like one of my favorite plays is like, let's say the board comes like, uh, I mean, this only works against like really good players, but let's say the board comes like 10, seven, four, four. And it's like a hyper disciplined guy. And like I called flop when it was like a 10, four, four board. Right. I like call flop and then like raise turn. Like there's really nothing I could have other than a four, but like most people, you know, most people, uh, they think like nobody would be dumb enough to bluff here. So he's obviously got it. Right. And uh, that works really well, especially if the guys like turn double barrel is like 70%. There are guys that just like cannot stop firing on the turn. So you definitely should be looking for it. Uh, And then, you know, if uh, you catch the guy with nothing, like 60% of the time, uh, generally people just aren't good at like coming over the top over like the flop floater who then raises the turn uh, on a board that, doesn't really look like he could have many draws that he's converting into bluffs. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, try to find a reason for anything. That's when poker really becomes fun. When you're just kind of like clicking buttons, it's, uh, it, it gets really boring because you're, you're just kind of at the mercy of the RNG. Uh, and if, you know, if it works out great, if not, it doesn't, but, uh, you, you don't want to be in that spot. So study up young man. Yeah, I think he's kind of like, I can't remember, was it Sklansky or Mike Carr or one of them said when it was terms of like bluffing when the second hand was past the 30 or something, when it was past the 6, then do it, or if it wasn't, then don't do it or something. Do you remember, uh, yeah, do you yeah, remember yeah. where that was from? I do, uh, that was a Sklansky. That, was it Sklansky? I, yeah. I believe that was Sklansky. I use, uh, uh, to this day, I use a random number generator that works with a clock. And it's like, uh, I'm not going to give away my ratios and, uh, there's, I'm not going to give away my ratios or like what number on the clock I use. Uh, there's a, but like it, it, or if I perhaps combine numbers sometimes, uh, to get it, but like it works. I, I've found like in like that kind of randomization, like I'll go in before I like turn on my Twitch feed. Like I use a random number generator and I generate like a few numbers, right? And essentially, like, if my clock numbers combined reach these numbers, I will do certain plays in certain areas or I'll flip a ratio, right? And mm-hmm. I've noticed, like, uh, going against the regs on America's Card Room, this really gets them because most people's, like, randomization, quote-unquote, is based on how they're feeling at the moment, and yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Like what you say, if you if you're the randomizer, it's not really random. No, it's it's like trying to pick random numbers yourself, saying that they're random. They're not. They're coming from some yeah, previous yeah. like experience or whatever. Yeah, it's a. Uh, and even I mean, to be fair, my method's not really random. Like if somebody could crack it, they could figure. I mean, like even if they even if I announced what I was doing, I don't think it would help you that much, because you would just be like, oh, he. But essentially, your big idea is, like, when you play, like, uh, six max cash or heads up, like, or let's say you're playing, like, six max cash, you want to run, like, uh, let's say you want to run, like, 32-25 or 21-18, uh, 
but like on everybody else's HUD, it's going to come up as 2513 because it's going to equalize all your numbers. And you're like, you're never running those statistics. Like you're never playing that way, right? Whatever they're doing, they're uh, under or over adjusting. And that's really something special because then nobody really is, even if they have a HUD, it's misleading them. And I haven't seen many people like really ever pick up on that or emulate that. Pretty much how people do it is how they play. And I mean, because it takes a ton of work too. You have to like, you have to study like the loose aggressive players. By the way, I don't recommend playing that loose and like six max cash all that often. Right. But, uh, and obviously there's sometimes it's like there's a fish at the table and it's like, okay, I'm going to really ramp up my, my, uh, my, uh, aggression here. So uh, I hate that word. I'm so aggressive. Like, <laughs> so aggressive. I'm going to ramp up my numbers here so I can, uh, you know, I can play a little bit more with this guy. And sometimes when it's just like rag infested and let's say I'm just, you know, like I, I'm, I'm just not feeling like 100%, like I'll, I'll go down to like even 18, 15 or something. Right. And just, uh-huh. you know, collect when I do pick up a hand and it's a, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Uh, like, it, it's interesting, isn't it? With like the advent, like all the HUDs and stuff that talk, like flying under that radar almost and using it, like knowing that they know what they think you're playing at sort of thing. Right. It kind of takes it back to like, Live poker, you know, yeah. like he thinks I'm playing like this because I've been playing such and such the rest of the yeah, weeks yeah. and months we've played together, but tonight I'm just going to do this or whatever, you know? Exactly. It's like the old guy you played with at the casino. Like When I used to play live, there was a couple of players there. Literally, if they raised under the gun, it was aces. You know, <laughs> it was like, like 100% of the time. You know? <laughs> and if, if they three bet, it was aces or kings 100% of the time, you know? So, like, if that guy sort of started thinking, well, they know that. So I'm sitting with, like, Jack A off, and, like, if I three-bet here, and they've got, I know they're going to think it's aces kings, you know? Exactly, it's, yeah. It's kind of, like, taking it back to, like, poker in its sort of, like, essence. Yeah, it, it, really, like, it uh, really is, and it's fun. I mean, and people go on about, like, the games are... The games are, you know, they always do that. The games are unbeatable, and it's like there's no chance, man. Especially, like, I mean, like, there's just too many people who play tournaments for them to all be amazing. You know what I mean? And then, like, if you play cash, like, it's even, it, to me, I like cash because it's like, I got, like, especially on, like, small networks has always been, like, my, it's it's always been, like, my heroine. It's, like, what I, I love cracking small networks. Like, that's my thing, right? And, like, you know, like you got a player base of like twenty, thirty players, and you got like all their hands, and you watch it, and it's like, ooh, <laughs> check out what this this guy does. You know, like oh, this guy doesn't like that, or he he really reacts poorly to this. And it's like, <clears throat> to any thinking player, it should be it, it should be a real adventure. And yeah, guys, sorry about my, so I shouldn't even be drawing attention to it, but like my yeah, I don't know what's up with my my throat this morning it's pretty it's pretty gargoyly uh well we're, we're actually recording double we're recording on a wednesday and a thursday just now throughout august so that we've got them in the can for september uh, i'm going away for a bit in september so we just want to make the shows going so 
maybe it's two podcasts in a row because my throat's actually feeling a bit dry and rough as well. Oh man, uh, <laughs> you don't you don't do like another like three hours of consultations like after this. You know what I mean? Like no, but I, no, and but I yesterday, shout, I shout at my girlfriend. Oh, that's you know? good. You know, that's good. As, as long as it's about the laundry not getting done, you know, as long as, long as it's something fair and equal and something good that uh but yeah <laughs> anyway yeah so that that was interesting that that was that's we've not really discussed stuff like that for the, the whole randomizing thing and uh yeah that was interesting thanks for sending that in um jason it was um okay that's the, all the questions for this show alex we're gonna do your drill of how people can get in touch with you uh, we'll see if your throat, you know, if you need a minute or a sip. <laughs> no, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. And then, okay, so if you want to let people know how they can get in touch with you and get further information of all your wonderful goodies that you have. Yeah, if you guys, we got a lot of free stuff. You guys should be, if you're listening to this and you're not getting all the other free stuff, you're missing out. Uh, go to assassin. Well, write us at assassinocoaching at gmail dot com if you got questions about anything you heard about here, and. Uh, yeah, my full-time uh, assistant will get back to you. And uh, be sure to check out the assassinatohud.com, which we brought up previously. Watch my training videos. Uh, watch me, Ape Styles, uh, other pros. To get access to 2,000-plus videos, uh, three months access for uh, – excuse me, two months access for only $30 with promo code FREEMONTH, all capital letters, on card runners. Uh, go to PokerHeadRush.com. There's a ton of free strategy articles. There's also blogs where I just, like, rant about random things. The current one is about why I think all French movies suck. And uh, I, I don't know. Me, when, I ran, when I randomly go off about hipsters or something like that, a lot of people see, seem to find it funny. So we put that stuff up there. There's also, like, the rap battles. There's also, like, the latest interviews and stuff like that. If you're trying to up your game, I let a lot of nuggets slide in that one. Uh, be sure to favorite my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash theassassinato. Uh, favorite it, and you'll get a notification every time I'm streaming. Uh, during the weeks, I play, like, I play some good music. Uh, I play some cash. You guys can sit in if you want to see, like, me play cash games for thousands of dollars at some point. They... We had a pot that was like $1,700 the other day, and I'll probably, uh, as I get back in a swing, we'll probably move up and we'll probably move up in that. But yeah, you want to check that out, listen to some good music, and I come on and do commentary when we're deep in tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, check out twitch.tv slash theassassinato, especially all the deals I got there are right there. You can uh, go underneath the stream and you can see all the stuff we got going on. There's also hundreds of free articles if you want to up your game and uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at the assassinato, facebook.com slash assassinato. And uh, yeah, I feel like there should be more, but I'm trying to, I think that's about it. I think, <laughs> I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your, tw your Twitch TV channels, your main hub, isn't it? It's got yeah, everything. It's got there, everything. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You check it out. There's all the free stuff. Like not, by the way, 90% of that stuff is free. Oh, and there like everything you could want, like free poker training. There's never been a better time to be broke on earth. I'm convinced of that. Like everybody I know who's broke is fat as hell and has three TVs now. So it's like every, yeah. everything's amazing. But like uh, anyway. How, how do you know I've got three TVs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, but like uh, what was I going to say? 
Uh, oh yeah. Also, we got a new. Uh, we have a new deal coming up. You guys want to play on America's Card Room? You want to play with me? You want to get twenty-seven percent rate back? Sign up through the link uh, on this very podcast. Uh, sign up and make a deposit, and write me at assassinatecoaching at gmail dot com. Write me like what your uh, uh, write write me what your sign in name was what your email is, I'll go ahead and check with the fine people at America's Card Room you actually deposited, and you get a free copy of one of my webinars. You get free training. Uh, you can take your pick of That's a Check Race Fool, Dissecting the Donk Bet, You Flat Too Much, or Why Pisagno is Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good time. And you know what? I'll tell you what. If you get your buddies to sign on, if you, like, write me an email and go, like, hey, I told this guy to sign up, right? Uh, you and your you, your buddy and you can get a free webinar too. And uh, also, if you sign up for the Sunday Million, anyone we have coming up, if you actually play the Sunday Million under one of my accounts, uh, write me, and uh, I'll send you a free webinar. And like, yeah, I mean, these are like sixty, eighty, uh, sixty, eighty dollar value things. You know what I mean? But like, I want to thank you guys for helping me build. You know, with America's Card Room and America's Card. By the way, most poker podcasts have a really hard time like finding like a sponsor or whatever but they like i I said you guys are going to come out like and you guys came out right and america's card room signed on it's been fun it's been it's been really fun you know what i mean i'm really happy to be working with acr i'm really happy to be playing there every night and you guys are making that possible so i you you guys help me out a lot so i want to help you guys out I mean, that's straight up, too. Like, everybody, everybody has this image of, like, businessmen as, like, evil people. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is in the United States, but it's like, you say, like, oh, this guy's, like, uh, you know, this guy's making uh, – I heard this example the other day where it was, like, uh, in Germany they have laws about, like, what you can put in the beer. And, like, this crazy hippie woman uh, – I, I heard this on a radio show. This crazy hippie woman was like, I only buy German beer – because in America they don't have laws, and they could be putting anything in the they could be putting anything in the beer, you know, because these big companies are evil. It's like I don't think An- Anheuser Busch is like putting formaldehyde in their beer because I'm pretty sure they'd lose all their business if that ever got out, right? You know, not that there shouldn't be regulations or something like that, but there's this thing where it's like with business, everybody. It's a thing in the states where it's like now everybody. It's I don't it, it, like without getting too like political. It's I mean it's all this Obama BS. Like every company's out to like kill you and take all your money. And it's like yeah because Apple and Google they they you know and Amazon every every one of their co- employees complains. They're like oh I hate making twenty five dollars an hour and having all the free like vacation time I could want. You know everything's horrible and it's like. No, it's like good businesses get good because they work with their customers and you support the customers, you add value to their lives and they support you. And like right now we got that going on and it's like it's really fun. So it's like, yeah, you know, you guys want free webinars, you guys want uh 27% rake back, like you want to set up your professional career. And by the way, you see some goofy stuff at Amer- I mean, you like if you watch my Twitch stream, I'll be playing a $500 tournament and, you know, you'll see guys just, like, go off, like, with, like, top pair for, like, 200 big blinds, right? It only gets goofier on America's card room for, like, the $20 buy-ins and stuff like that. And uh, there's a lot of people coming in from the sports book 
on America's card room. They're like, I'm going to try this poker thing 20 minutes later. This is boring. I'm, I'm just going to start calling everything, you know? And it's like, yeah, you guys want to get 27% rate, rate back on a site like that? A site that doesn't reward mediocrity like poker stars and just paying out 60% of the field actually rewards you if you spend your time. Like you're a serious student of the game and you like get deep more than most other people. Come to America's Card Room. Sign up through me. I'll send you the free webinars uh, that will like hook you up with like the ideas of how you can play your game. And yeah, man, Godspeed. I, I I love doing all of this, man. I love being out here. Even if I'm coughing through the entire episode, I love being out here. Well, we can edit some of that out, but not all of it. Yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Every, everybody needs to hear how hard I'm working, right? You know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And also, we've referenced some of it as well now, so we need to leave some of it. In. Yeah, we have. Exactly. <laughs> I shouldn't even do yeah. that. A friend of mine was it's like, seen years. A, fr- a friend of mine was like, you shouldn't even reference like when there's like. Uh, he made a good point. He's like, you shouldn't reference when there's like an interruption in the podcast because that just draws attention to it. I was like, that makes a ton of sense. But it was like when I'm hacking up a lung for like, <laughs> you know, half of the podcast, it's like I probably should apologize at some point because that, uh, I imagine if that's coming through on your headphones while you're like on a walk with your dog, that must be pretty unpleasant. <laughs> that's it. Well, keep your questions coming in for Alex. Questions at com on the email. Or tweet them to at oneouter.com or post them in the Facebook group. Um, As always, we will eventually get to your questions and they will all be read out. Until the next show, thanks for listening and go, go join America's Card Room and grab yourself a free webinar or something. Cheers. Cheers. The Free Buy Super Series is back. From August 28th to September 6th, America's Card Room will host the Free Buy Super Series 2, where you can compete for your share of $150,000 guaranteed prize pool absolutely free. Every one of the 57 events in the Free Buy Super Series is free to enter with guaranteed prize pools starting at $500 and spiral all the way up to the $20,000 main event. Where else can you win a share of $150,000 prize pools without spending a penny. Visit americascardroom.com today.